Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Blend Marketing. These friendly folks work exclusively on marketing tour and activity companies. They've just released a free ebook that shows how you can increase your direct bookings by stealing the OTA's top tricks. Check out that free guide at torpreneur.com forward slash blend, B-L-E-N-D. Welcome to the Torpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow Torpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. And welcome back to Torpreneur, tour operator startup Morgan Cantrell. We spoke to you uh, around about a month ago when you were just starting and you were ready to lead your first tour. I'm glad you're here. It means you survived your first tour for History Well Travels. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm shocked and excited and um, I feel all the emotions, you know, from super excited to fearful for the future because the future is ahead of me and I can't see it. So I feel everything. <laughs> well, well, we'll unpack some of those emotions. I, I wanted to share with you that I've had so many emails from our listeners who've been asking me, because not all of our listeners are connected to you on Facebook and social and everything. They're like, okay, well, what happened with her tour and how does she get on? And I said, oh yeah, I wrote you today. I said, yeah, we need to do a follow-up here. And I, I love it. I love that our listeners are so engaged in your, in your story and your journey. And I know many of them are just waiting to help you with any issues you might be coming across. So again, uh, thank you for uh, you know, being uh, our tour operator startup on, on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm honored. So this is episode 119. If you didn't catch the first episode with Morgan, I suggest you hit stop and go back and listen to it. And that's at tourpreneur.com forward slash 114. Then come and join us on this episode. So first question, how did that first tour go? Talk me through that day. Uh, well, I, I had people sign up. Um, so I, I knew to expect some people in Fair Harbor. Um, a couple of them were friends who brought family members. Um, there were some strangers. And then the morning of, I remember driving in my car and I was listening to sticks because I love sticks and I was singing along to come sail away and Lorelei and all these different songs, pumping myself up for this tour. And I got up there, (laughs) I got up there and I had two people just walk up and join my tour people who just uh, saw on Facebook that the tour was happening and they wanted to join on. And I was like, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I, I ended up with about 10 people for my first tour, which right off the gate for first tour, small town in the middle of a pandemic. I was stoked. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely stoked. 
And um, it went really well. Uh, everybody had nice things to say. I've gotten some great reviews and I've done a couple more since then. And, you know, life is chugging on. I, I, I can't complain. I'm really excited. Wonderful to hear it. So, so talk me through, you, you pitch up, right? So you've listened to your music. I love that, by the way. <laughs> and I want to start a thread on the Facebook group, what music we all listen to to pump ourselves up before we lead a tour. I think that'd be a really cool thread, you know, build a Spotify <laughs> playlist maybe for people, right? Although my musical choices wouldn't be the choice of most. Um, <laughs> what, so, so you turn up and there's a couple of people that you know with family members. That's always good, right? To get that one. Another, but then there's strangers. And what did you think when people turned up that you didn't know and they hadn't booked? I, I just simply asked, you know, awesome. Glad you're here. How did you hear about me? And they said on Facebook and I was like, magic. Awesome. Super glad you're here. Let's let's do this. And that tells me that my marketing is working, that word is getting out, that I apparently have a good idea, that the community supports it. And it tells me nothing but positivity that that I need to just keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm thankful that I'm doing it right. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of Facebook, were you running Facebook ads or was it your Facebook page? How did that come about? Um, I ran ads through my Facebook page. And so leading up to that first tour, I did a countdown of uh, six days to the tour, five days to the tour. And I was doing all these things. And I periodically boosted a post and gave it some money or ran an ad. And I've done pure targeting of Carrollton, of the town in which I live, to, to make sure that just those people see it to up my chances of getting more of them there. And it's going well. I really love that idea. One of my frustrations here in Vermont right now is I'm not seeing ads in my Facebook feeds from local operators. And, and you know, we're, we're doing really well as a state in terms of COVID infections. We're one of the lowest in the U.S., but operators are still really struggling because our border with Canada is close. We're not getting the traffic from Quebec. We are getting people coming here to camp because, as I say, the infection rate is low. But for somebody who lives here, and I'm fairly new to Vermont, I've only been here four years you know, I would love to see things in my Facebook feed of, hey, we're leading a kayaking tour or something like new to kayaking, come join us Saturday morning. And I'm, I'm really wondering why the tour operators here in Vermont are not utilizing um, Facebook t- to uh, promote themselves to local. I know Tom Cratch was telling me he has an ATV client in a part of Vermont that's doing well, but I haven't seen any ads and I'm clicking tour operators. So what I'm saying is good for you that you're, you're utilizing that, you're boosting it locally. So were you targeting a demographic and, and what was the radius of people you were targeting? Um, I was hitting 12 miles within the start point of my tour. So very specifically the city. And I didn't really shoot for a specific age range. I selected the 24 and up, both men and women, knowing that my personal Facebook page, when I share all of my posts, I'm going to hit a lot of you know, mid twenties, early thirties in that age group. So I'm going to hit a lot of them naturally. And I knew just from previous experience with Facebook ads that sometimes your most engaged people are an older generation. And just because sometimes they have more free time to spend on Facebook. And so they see ads more frequently. And I I definitely saw that reciprocated here that the most people who were engaged with my post, people who liked, commented, uh, posted, shared, et cetera, they were 55 and up, which also doesn't surprise me. I live in a small town in 
in the outside of Atlanta, Georgia. So a lot of the people who live in these communities are older men and women and it's local history. And so that actually is a topic that is more geared towards an older demographic rather than 20 and 30 year olds um, aren't always as keen to learn about farming and agriculture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's good for you to know for future campaigns, right? That if that's the sweet spot with the age demographic and are you tempted now to, you've got the 12 miles down. Do you want to double that or triple it and just see if you can get more people coming in? Yes, I think so. Um, but I, I want to try that with a different tour. The historic Carrollton walking tour is a great tour. And I do think that there would be people who are in the surrounding counties and areas who would be interested in that. Absolutely. But I don't know that it would be worth the money to try to drive people into Carrollton. I'll have to play with it. I have some ideas for some other tours that are more unique, that are more touristy that I think other people will drive in for. I'm planning on saving that experiment for those. And if anyone's listening, has got advice for Morgan on Facebook ads and the targeting, do let us know in the, uh, in the Facebook group, the links will be in the show notes. Cause I know there's a lot of our, our listeners out there that are experimenting with Facebook ads. And I really love pulling that knowledge together because it saves us all money. And uh, I love the idea of you experimenting with different tours. And also I, I guess top of my mind would be, okay, you've had some locals turn up, especially the two who turned up on the day and some kind of review from them. Can you use that in a Facebook ad? You know, so we were bored on a Saturday morning and saw this, you know, whatever it may be to encourage more locals to think, wow, I'd never thought of doing that. And so-and-so had a good time. Uh, maybe we do that on Saturday. Because I do think many of us are sat at home bored, wanting to do things, but not necessarily knowing, you know, what's out there. Exactly. Especially in a world like we live in today, what is there to do that's safe and outdoors? And um, I did an entire boosted a post, not an ad, but listing all the reasons why, you know, it made sense to do an outdoor walking tour in the middle of a pandemic because it's outside and there's small groups and we can spread out. And so I've, I've played that card. Um, I did get a couple of bookings off of that particular play, but we'll have to see. I'll try it again. I mean, I, I don't think it's one of those things you're going to switch it on and suddenly you're going to get shed load of bookings, right? I mean, it's something that's going to work over time and you know, we're so lucky with in this digital age that we can test things quite quickly and, and get some results to see, is it your ad copy? Is it the photo? Um, you know, there are some people on the Facebook group who say never boost. Up. I, I always remember um, someone saying you should never boost Facebook ads. And then another operator came on and said, really? Because I've just done X amount of thousands boosting up Facebook ads. So it works for my business. And, you know, I kind of laughed. And they're both right. Um, but that's the thing is that you have to test and experiment. And we can tell, like, you know, recently I launched a Monday memo, which is our daily brief newsletter. But some people were like, I don't always get to it every day. So I'm putting one out on a Monday, which is I look at the top five most clicked articles of the previous week and add them in a little memo. And it was interesting because I, I looked at that and I was like, wow, not only is the open rate really high, but I can see people are not just reading the article and saying, oh, I read that last week. It's fine. They're clicking it. So it shows me that there are people out there that really saw that as a very useful email. But, you know, without the, um, the metrics and that reporting, you, you just would never know, right? You just wait, wait for the phone to ring. So I love that aspect of Facebook ads that you can play around with it and look at conversion rates and, you know, what's doing well and what's not. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's so handy. I don't know how people did this job in the past without it. 
it's scary to think, you know, even just 20 years ago, the industry was totally different. And uh, for the people who have been in it for 20 plus years, I, I applaud them, you know, that, that that's awesome. But I'm so thankful that I do have this digital uh, ability to see my marketing and tell what's working and what's not. It's a lifesaver. Absolutely. Let's not even get on to the fact that we can record a video on our phone. You couldn't do that 10 years ago. So, I mean, (laughs) as much as the world is a troubling place right now with COVID, you know, we have to look at these things and say, wow, so much marketing we can do on our own quite cheaply with the tools that are available. So you lead the tour. What was the most surprising bit of feedback you got based on the tour that you, the, the, the first few tours that you've given? Everyone has said that the content was good in in that um, I had varying ranges of, you know, comedy and serious discussion. My presentation was good. They also liked that I broke it up and that there are places to sit. There's places for discussion. There's places where I talk a little bit more, places where I let them talk. Um, They they like the variation that Mm. I offer in my tours. I knock on wood, I haven't had anybody say any kind of critique or criticism. Um, It's coming. I know it's coming. I'm totally aware. But, you know, in my first month, nobody said anything. So um, I, I guess I'm doing things okay. I do. I did find where I got a little long winded as my tours went on. I got more comfortable with my content and more comfortable with what I had to say and share. So I had to cut things out, um, which every, every single tour guide, every historian, no matter who you are, what your angle is, you have to cut things out. It happens to the best of us um, as I ramble on presently. Um, and so it's just one of those things where I, I, that's a critique I think I have for myself more than anything. I, I was surprised at how quickly I became comfortable with the content and how quickly um, I absorbed thoughts and processes from other visitors. And I was able to weave these into other narratives later. Um, So that's a critique I have for myself, but knock on wood, nobody has given me any kind of real criticism. It's coming, but not yet. Yeah, But uh, you know, as long as it's constructive and and you will get it, it's inevitable because not everyone is going to like your tour or like the way you present it. And unfortunately in life, I noticed this myself that you could get one negative bit of feedback and you will think about that for the entire week and ignore the hundred positive compliments that you've got. And you'll just fixate on that one. And that's human nature. And so that, I think that's where we have to, I mean, we have to, you know, take note of it. And if we think, yeah, that's, that's relevant feedback, you know, that I can change something here. That's good. But if it's not, if you don't agree with it, it's like, fine, that's one person's opinion. Um, and also, you know, take my hat off to you because it must be difficult to lead a tour. It's your first few tours that you're doing. And you're also taking time to self-evaluate what's working and what's not because you're fully focused on engaging your group and delivering the content. But also you've got to watch and say, right, is anybody falling asleep here? Am I losing anybody? Did my humor not work here? Or did somebody laugh at something that wasn't supposed to be funny? And that, that's very tricky to have all that multitasking going on, right? It, it is. Um, I think that thankfully is where my background as a public historian comes into play. Um, I worked at a museum as the director of education before I moved into this field. And so I have a lot of experience in that, in 
very quickly creating content and not having the ability to test run it on anybody. You create content and you just put it out there in the hopes that it works and you have to adjust and amend on the fly. And, and if it doesn't, then you say, hmm, okay, that joke bombed, not a problem. Let's rephrase and go this way. And so I, I think I do have, thankfully, a lot of experience to prepare me for that to where yeah. I've, I've been able to quickly see, okay, that topic was too serious for this group. Maybe it's too serious for everyone, you know, come off of it and stuff like that. Did you know every weekday Shane curates the most interesting news articles in tours and activities and sends them out in a snappy daily digest? Grab your copy of the Torpreneur Daily Briefing at www.torpreneur.com. When you were leading the tour, what was the reaction like from the locals? This is a brand new walking tour in your town. What kind of reaction was there? Hey, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I can't believe no one was doing this before. And there I am with my hands on my hips, like, yeah, so I'm doing it. And uh, everybody just kind of applauds me, you know, this is awesome. This is great. Keep it up. I love it. Um, everything. And I've bounced some tour ideas off of, off of some of my groups, you know, like my final sales pitch at the very end where I'm like, and in the future, I want to do this, this, and this. What do you think? And everybody, they're nothing but supportive and they're shocked that it didn't exist before, but they're so thankful that it exists now. And this past weekend, um, I was on the square um, waiting to see if I had any walk-ups for one of my afternoon tours. And I was um, asking a couple of people who looked lost, like they were looking for someone, because you don't want to just go up to somebody, hey, are you here for the tour? If they're very plainly, you know, eating lunch, like meeting someone. So for the few people who looked lost, I was like, are you here for the tour? And a couple people were like, no, I'm not. But what's this? What's nice. the tour? Oh, that's really cool. I'll have to do this, you know, when I'm not busy. And I'm like, yeah, please do. And then I had a couple people say, I've seen your stuff on Facebook, but I haven't been able to find time to do this. I'm glad you're here, blah, blah, blah. So I've, I've, I've seen the whole spectrum of support. It's really awesome. Excellent. Do you have any flyers or cards? I know they're old fashioned, but anything that you can hand out to people like that? I have business cards. Um, I don't want to print flyers or brochures just yet, purely because I'm, I'm still testing time. I'm still trying to figure out what tour time makes the most sense. And I don't want to print any kind of literature that says Saturdays and Sundays, both days at this time. If next month I find that, you know, the Sunday at 10 o'clock slot is a dud. I have found that Sunday at 10 o'clock is when people book but I don't have walk-ups. I don't have people just show up because I live in the South. People go to church. So Sunday at 10 a.m. very well might be a dud slot for just opening hours. Not to mention it is um, October. We are moving into fall and winter. I do live in Georgia, so I don't have the horribly cold winters that you do in Vermont. But for us, you know, 40 degrees at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning is not fun. So again, I need to, <laughs> I need to think about, um, yeah, you laugh. I need yeah. to think about winter hours and I don't want to print material that lists something if next month I'm going to change it. So I might wait just a little bit longer on printing something. Um, I do want to get a generic flyer just says, Hey, this exists and just put that out there. But something that really promotes me, I want to wait just a little bit longer purely for that experimentation. 
And again, if any of our listeners have some advice here about some merchandise you've used or collateral you've used when you were at the same stage, Morgan was at, let us know. Because my, my issue is, Someone says to me, oh, this is a, like I do all the time with podcasting. I'll be out walking the dogs and I'll listen to a podcast and someone really recommends a really good book. By the time I come home, I've forgotten the name of the book or I've forgotten the name of the author because I've had a million and other thoughts before I've come home. And I wonder if you're giving them something, you know, it's got your website on it. It doesn't have times or days, it's just the URL. So they know, yeah, that's, I want to go and look at that site. And, and I know it's, there's a cost to everything when you're just starting up, but, you know, fridge magnets or, you know, beer coasters, like you can get the paper ones on Vistaprint quite cheap. Just something that they'll keep to remember the website address. But that just could be because I have a bad memory. No, no. But I mean, like that, that absolutely like is an excellent marketing tactic. Um, everybody loves free stuff. Even if, you know, you're at a convention and you get thrown a whole bunch of free stuff, you know, at some point you do have to sit down and sift through it. You know, you do have to touch it. Even if it is to toss it in the bin, you do have to look at it for that split second. And that, that is marketing. So I, I do need to get my hands on something like that. I just haven't taken that step yet. Sure. Is there a newspaper for your town? There is. I, <laughs> I've been terrible at um, making local connections and getting with the newspaper and the chamber. The, that's really all my next step. I plan on spending a lot of this month doing that. Because our our community really is very supportive of each other, I just need to be more involved. I need to be in the newspaper. I need to attend the chamber meetings. I need to, um, we actually have a local news source in Carrollton called the City Menus. And they're predominantly on social media and they have, you know, 40,000 followers. And I absolutely need to get with them about purchasing, you know, a featured article and like a, social media run through them and everything. It's just like you said, there's a cost involved with joining the chamber. There's a cost involved with all these things. And so I'm just trying to weigh my options in terms of what the smartest steps will be to take first. What do you think the, or do you know what the cost is to to advertise with city menus? I do not yet. I'm going to assume it's not going to be crazy expensive, but also not on the cheap side, just because their social media reach is so great. Yeah, absolutely. But it's so focused, right? If it's everybody, yeah. Carrollton. Yeah, it's worth it. It is. I just got to bite that bullet. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you have to decide. This is the growing pains of being a, a tour operator is where you're going to spend your your resource and your money. You know, what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck? And I, I love that you're doing Facebook. And it could be something like that if they have that amount of engaged followers would would result in a lot of bookings. Again, I mean, in your shoes, I probably would do that before I pay to join the Chamber of Commerce, which is a great thing to do, but you want to get bookings. You want to get people on your tours. You want that feedback so you can make them even better. And I was thinking with the newspaper, whether it would be good just to invite one of their reporters onto one of your tours. You know, hey, I'd love to invite you on one of our tours to see what I'm doing. So rather than thinking about an ad with them, it's like they, maybe they'll write a profile or a feature on you because like you say, this is unique. You're a newsworthy tour and activity in Carrollton. That's new. And you're a local and you're not a big company coming in doing this, they, they might write a profile on you. I mean, journalists are hungry for stories, especially something, you know, you're a local and it's, it's unique. Yeah, I had not thought about the feature option. That is very true. That is very true. Thank you. No problem. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. No, 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 this is why we're here. And, you know, the, the worst thing they can say to you is, no, 
right? Uh, no, take out an ad. Well, fine. Okay, I'll talk to you in six months. You'll be banging my door. When you see the amount of people on my tours, you'll be wanting to send one of your... Nah, teasing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the worst <laughs> thing that you can say. But, you know, the one thing I would say to you, and maybe I'm thinking of Lauren Herpich is very good at this because she worked in the media and she gets a lot of media. Maybe on our next episode, I'll catch up. I'll invite Lauren on if she's willing. Please, Lauren, about how <laughs> to approach the press. Because the one thing I've learned is newsrooms have been also had their budgets cut. They don't have as many journalists as they used to. They don't have interns anymore. Um, so you really have to kind of do all the work for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm generalizing here, right? But sure, they sure. have a lot of resource to go and investigate this story. So, uh, but in your case, you're offering them a cool tour. So you think they would be all over that, but maybe we can invite Lauren on and Lauren or, okay. or in the group, maybe Lauren can give us some pointers or anyone here who's had success getting local, uh, local media attention, you know, let us know. We'd, we'd love to share your advice because that's what this series is all about. Um, you, you mentioned on the last episode of, about how you chased the guy at the CVB. Which I love that. <laughs> I have, did. have you heard from them at all since you've launched? Um, no, I haven't. Um, I need to send him an update email. Um, I was trying to get to this first week of October, you know, when I have all of my numbers that I can, you know, kind of send out just a giant, I did it. Look what happened email uh, and, and really get them on. And that's, I, I, I need to do that. I need to follow up with them. I have met though with one of my professors from the university in my, in, in Carrollton. It's where I got my master's in public history. I, I met with her and we had a great chat about how the tours are going and um, how this is a really interesting way to use my degree because it is public history. I yeah. am, you know, sharing history with everyone and she thinks what I'm doing is really cool. And um, it's a whole new angle for public historians to think about how to engage with history and engage with the future of, you know, how do we preserve and tell and share these stories of people. So that was a fun conversation. And did you ask her, when is she going to book? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did put it on her radar that she needs Good. to. Uh, unfortunately, she, I know she is incredibly busy lady. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm just glad she met me for dinner. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm teasing. It's my always be closing mantra. You I know. know? Uh, no, that, that's, that's really good feedback. And I was thinking with the CVB gentleman that, maybe invite him on one of your tours and say, look, I'd love to give you a free place on my tour. You know, maybe this wouldn't have happened without our conversation. Then it'd be an honor to host you. Oh, totally. That kind of public relations can go a long way. I've got to get him on, especially because one of the stops on the tour is at the train station in town and his office is now located in the train station. And so it would just be really interesting period to compare notes of what my presentation is versus what he knows actually working in the station. And I remember when they were uh, renovating the train station, they found all kinds of bits and bobs and, you know, old pieces and architecture that had been covered up and everything. And, and I'd be really interested to hear his stories in comparison to my presentation to see just what he has to, has to share that I don't know yet already. Yeah, no, that's cool. How are things going with Fair Harbor? Great. Uh, Seamless, wonderful. They give me money when I get bookings and my bookers give them their fees and everything is running smoothly. I have not had anybody tell me that the booking software does not work. I've run a few little promos, like little campaign codes for discounts and stuff 
Um, again, just testing to see what does and does not work. Those have been successful. I can't complain. It's worked out. Great. I'm just thinking with city menus, if you were to do something there, maybe that discount code booking through them would, would also be, obviously you got to look at your numbers and margins, but that, that could be good. So you and I met because we, we both studied with Mitch and Alan at the trip school. What have you really relied on from your learning from Mitch and Alan in these first couple of weeks? Cause it's all very well to go and study something, right? And you know, this as an academic, but when you have to put it into practice, you know, what's been the most surprising thing for you maybe in these first few weeks that you've been operating? I do not think I would have been able to get it off the ground anywhere near as fast as I did had I not taken the class with Mitch and Allen. I, I know how to do the research. I know how to tell stories. I know how to write a tour. Um, that all, that's for, for the way my brain works, that's logical. The hard part was the business stuff. Um, knowing where to go to get the different licenses and registrations and all the different hoops and ladders I have to climb over, jump through and everything. And that's been the most surprising part that I, I think is just purely the business aspect of it. Everything that goes into the behind the scenes of creating this tour experience, because everyone that comes on the tour, they just have this jolly good time of an hour and a half walking around downtown Carrollton, listening to stories with me, but they don't realize the hours and hours of work, the cups of coffee I have drank, the money I have invested in creating this. And, and I think it's, it's that business aspect. That's the part that's been the most shocking. Um, and the part that's, that's the most not natural for me. I, I have to think like a business owner, which I am one. And that's crazy to say, but like, I, I have to like train my brain to think that way and to not just focus on the tour and the experience, which is beyond crucial because without that great experience, there is no business, but without the business, there is no tour. So um, it's just difficult sometimes um, making my brain remember to do the business stuff and not just focus on, um, you know, tour experience and content. I was just thinking to myself this morning, because uh, I've been working on my media kit for sponsorships for 2021, and I've got a lot of calls and emails to deal with. And I thought, oh, wow, I wish I just had a sales director to deal with all this. And I can just speak <laughs> to people like Morgan every day and just do this is the fun bit of what I do, uh -huh. right? These conversations, yeah. the editing and the social media and just the business side of things is, you know, that has to be done with, ah, oh, be nice one day if I have enough revenue, I can just hire someone to do all that, you know, and whether that day would ever come, I don't know. But I, so I hear that. And that's why I called this show Tourpreneur because we're not just tour leaders or tour guides. We have to wear all the hats, right? Because we don't have that resource to hire, a, you know, a director of sales and marketing or a financial officer or whatever. We've got to do it all on our own. That's absolutely been the trickiest part. And I'm, I really am so thankful for that course. And, and what's so great is we have access to all the content, even now that the class is over, you know, like all of the videos, they're still there, all of the websites and resources and pages that Mitch and Allen uh, curated, they're also there. And so if ever I'm sitting here and it's like, well, what was, what was that insurance company from that one time that was mentioned in passing, you know, I have to dig through the video to find it, but it's there. I yeah. have access to it and I don't have to spend hours doing painful Google searches, you know, I can just go listen to Mitch and Alan drone on about stuff and it, it works. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So we've talked about your wins, and I just want to wrap this up. So you talked about your wins, which is great. It's great to hear the enthusiasm and the reaction to your tours. What's keeping you awake at night right now? Bookings. Wondering if they'll come. I have not had a weekend where I have not had at least two tours. One on Sunday, one on Saturday, or two on Saturday, um, et cetera, stuff like that. So it's people are coming. People are coming. And the whole, if you build it, they will come thing. I guess it's real. Okay. I get it. Um, but bookings, because if people don't come, then one, I have no money to pay my bills. And two, you lose heart. You lose motivation. You wonder, is it me? Like, is it me? Am, am I failing in some way? Is it the content? And then I go down a giant, you know, rabbit hole of spiraling. No, but what if it's this? Or what if it's that one joke I made that one time and somebody went and, you know, blabbed all over town. They're like, this person is horrible. And so now nobody's coming. And that's not true. I know that's not true. But when you're lying in bed at night and you're panicking because you have tours the next day and you only have bookings for one slot, you don't think the logical thing of, oh, Morgan, it's football season in the South. There are games that start at 12 noon. So your afternoon slots on Saturdays might not make much sense now. I get that. Logically, awake right now, that makes total sense. At three o'clock in the morning? No, that's not where my brain goes. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. That, that self-doubt really creeps in. Uh, but it, it sounds to me like you're approaching this in the right, right way. You're learning, you're assessing, you're testing, you're experimenting. You're not putting yourself way in the red with huge marketing campaigns. You know, you're doing this step by step. And you were saying to me just now, you know, you were up at five o'clock this morning teaching English to Chinese students. And, you know, that's what we have to do. And we're hustling, which is a horrible word. I don't really like that word. But, you know, we're working hard to grow a business. I know plenty of our listeners are working two or three jobs right now until we get to that stage where we don't have to lay awake worrying about bookings. And I'm talking after the pandemic, of course. Is, is there anything else that our listeners can help you with right now? I really like to hear uh, success stories from people. I, I had several, several people send me emails of our Facebook messages or LinkedIn messages of, hey, heard the podcast, what you're doing is awesome. Great job. I've gotten some great constructive criticism. Um, and it, it's been wonderful. Um, it's something I didn't hear from people, which I think just all beginners need is, hey, I was in your shoes. This is what I did. And, you know, it works. It sucks for a little bit. It's hard, but all that payoff, it, it works. And I'd, I'd like to hear some success stories from other people who have done this uh, as well. So, yeah, I, I guess that's really what I want. Yeah. And, and maybe what we'll do on a future episode is bring on some walking tours who have been around for a while. And we can have a roundtable discussion about you know, their advice, live advice for you based on their That'd experience. That'd be cool. That, yeah, that would be that would be good. Uh, marvelous. Well, well, Morgan, thanks for coming on the show today. And again, I, I, I really appreciate you being so honest with us. We, we really don't want to sugarcoat this. This is a very difficult thing to pull off running successful yeah. <laughs> business and, and you are showing us how you're building it. So I, I'm really very grateful for that. Uh, thank you for having me. I, I do. I feel very honored. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.